I just really want to say thank you to everyone that has supported the first season. We are about to jump in to the second season of the Guided Truth Podcast. Woohoo! First of all, we give God all the glory for this because he has truly been helping us through the way. He's been helping us, giving us direction and clarity. And we are going to talk about a topic that most people avoid. Most people avoid it and it sucks. You know, most of the time we normally hear about unforgiveness and the the struggles of unforgiveness and the pain of unforgiveness but we're going to turn our focus to forgiveness and this is a two-step process okay this is a two-step process to forgiveness that god has taught me he walked me through it and i just want to share it with you guys the first step is acknowledgement it's acknowledgement and if at any point in time you know he gives me just a little bit more to you know rectify to go back and you know just reiterate of course we are not too proud to go ahead and change we're not too proud to go ahead and correct so the first step to forgiveness is acknowledgement and there are many benefits that come with acknowledgement which is humility well which are humility better communication um, love that covers but then we also see things like clear perspectives so we're going to look at Matthew 18 and this focuses on well 15 through 18 focuses on restoring your brother and it says if your brother sins against you go tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have won your brother but if he won't listen take one or two of your brothers with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses every fact might be established if he doesn't pay attention to them tell the church and if he doesn't pay attention to the church then let him be like a gentile with a tax collector to you truly i tell you whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven so let's start with the big one the big one humility the first benefit of the first step which is acknowledgement is humility humility starts with us first the scripture says you when we acknowledge that something hurts or offends us we put down that wall of pride that says nothing can hurt me and i don't care and allow humility to take place we recognize that in some way shape or form that we either felt disrespected misunderstood mishandled misused mistreated and we want these feelings to be rectified. We are willing to admit that we are humans who feel. You know, humility is a big thing. God God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And there is a reason for that. As we walk in humility, you will see that it becomes easier to have these kinds of conversations. It becomes easier to go to your brother and say, you know, you did this thing or I did this thing and it's not working out. You know, I'm either hurt or offended. We're not too proud to say that, you know, Oh, that person should come to me or why do I have to say something no it's not about that um, pride said you should apologize for hurting me but humility says I was hurt and I want to acknowledge that I want to fix that why because I value who you are I value who you are I'm not so pride and puffed up in myself that I do not care about who you are or what has happened no and the next the next benefit of, is that we see better communication and better self-evaluation when we become better communicators you know the scripture says we must be the ones who go and tell our brother their fault we have to be the one yes i know i know we don't want to call them up 
we don't want to send that text that says, you know, let's talk about this thing. We don't want to sit down and have that conversation. But it's necessary. We are instructed to. Jesus is so strategic in the fact that he placed the one offended in the hot seat to discuss what the offenses were. So often we don't want to have these conversations about, you know, offenses because they reveal our weaknesses. They reveal our shortcomings. They force us to be vulnerable and we don't like being vulnerable as a people. Sorry, not sorry. They force us to talk about our soft spots and share them with others. And we don't like doing that because we're human. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're human. Sorry. Sorry to hurt you. You're human. <laughs> but it also shows how we are judging the actions of others because we choose to magnify the offense rather than the fact that they are also people as well. You know, it's so funny how we forget that people are people when we're hurt. It's so funny that we forget that they can be hurt by the things that we say when we're hurt. Nobody cares about the other person's perspective. You know, we're so consumed with I'm hurt or I'm offended, I'm disrespected, and you shouldn't have done that. But at the end of the day, it is written that don't judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And the scripture continues to say, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, Let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can see when you can't see past the log in your own? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Yeah, I know. I know every time we hear the word hypocrite, we get a little antsy, we get a little unsettled but that's what we're doing sometimes we even go into these conversations saying that you know i just want to tell you everything that you did to hurt me but we never want to hear what it is that we did to provoke these actions sometimes we don't want to have that conversation of offense because we recognize how judgmental we ourselves can be the same sin offense disrespect mistreatment misuse mishandling that we did not like somebody to do to us we probably did to someone else which created this illusion of it being okay to treat us like that the question is am i willing to have this conversation even if it results in the outcome of it being my fault seriously ask yourself that question are we willing to have these conversations are we willing to call up our parents or our siblings you know our friends or the person that we work with are we willing to have that conversation about offense even if it might be our fault and are we are we even willing to accept that it might be our fault that we had a pine to play too you know the next benefit we see here is that we get to love and cover like jesus from the moment we start that step of forgiveness the moment we start that step of acknowledgement that we need to forgive we we are able to love and cover like jesus that scripture says you go and tell your brother the fault between you and him alone that is the first step between you and him alone it is written that most important of all continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sin love doesn't expose the shortcomings to everyone in the room in the family or in the church you know those people that gather together and say you know what um ah this person hurt this hurt me in this way so i'm gonna find all of these different people who they probably have hurt so i can have a case against them no 
No, that is not the way how love works. It is not creating an open show or an open spectacle so that you might be seen as less than. That's not how love works. It's not showing the shortcomings of everyone. It's not posting it on social media. It's not gossiping in a group about it. It's not. But the thing is, if, if that shortcoming is revealed where everyone can see and you know that it was God who did it, most likely he did it for the purpose of lifting, of reconciliation, of restoring and healing. But it, he doesn't do it to crush your spirit, to make you feel less than or to make you not to make you not seem worthy, to make you not want to engage in even in even being present anymore. When you decide to speak to someone about an offense in private, you create a space, a safe place as a matter of fact, to truly bring those issues to light so that they are no longer hindrances anymore. You know, in the Passion Translation in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is a safe place and safe spaces cover they give shelter. They allow vulnerability. Can you imagine the last time that you had a vulnerable conversation with someone and they stepped all over that? Can you imagine how that felt? Why would we want to do that to somebody else? Why would we not say, you know what, let's have that kind of compassion that either I did or did not experience? Ask yourself, am I willing to love and cover like Christ? Am I willing to bring those issues to the light? And am I ready to be the light in a situation if it goes south? You know, sometimes we may not just need to ask God for that extra help, that extra that extra dose, that extra piece of oomph, that boldness from the Holy Spirit to have some of these conversations. A lot of time we find that some people are struggling with sicknesses, they're struggling with issues, mainly because they refuse to forgive a person. Sometimes it has nothing to do with the thing in front of them, but it has so much to do with their heart posture. So go ahead and ask God to help you to be a safe place for someone and to create safe spaces for others. Help you to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. How are we expected to present the reconciliation of Jesus Christ to others when we can't even reconcile among ourselves first? The first step of forgiveness is acknowledgement. And we need that benefit of love that covers like Christ because Christ covered us. We are not too big. We are not too perfect. We are not, as a matter of fact, we are not perfect at all. But in Christ, we are good on our own. We are trash. Honestly, as a people, we are trash on our own. And we really need God to help us to walk in forgiveness. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing. It's really not. But he's helping and he's teaching us, you know? The Holy Spirit is helping and he's teaching us. Another another benefit of, you know, really acknowledging that we need to forgive is that we get clear perspective and better judgment. That scripture continues to say that in Matthew 18 verses, you know, 15 through 18, it says, But if he won't listen, take one or two others with you, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact might be established. How many of us have been so sure that an argument happened the way it did? How many of us have been so sure that someone said exactly what they said, especially in an argument? When we go ahead and take these things and magnify them bigger than what they actually are, we in turn make these things or set actions 
done to be worse than what they actually were because we've played it so much in our head we have magnified it we made it worse than what it actually was we even added attitude to it we probably added some connotation that wasn't true oh yeah we were probably already frustrated with them from before that so we made it worse than what it actually was no no you know you see it says take the testimony of two or three witnesses you see, when you are offended in the midst of an argument and have preconceived notions, nine out of ten times we we hear or we see one thing and interpret it a completely another way and say this is what the person did. This is the importance of witnesses. A witness does not have to be people who are there, but others who have not heard either side of the story as yet and who have that not that neutrality sorry people who have that neutrality to evaluate the fact of the issue not people that you have told your version of the story or offense so that they can be on your side no in another version it says that the presence of the witnesses will keep things honest and we just got off of our last season you know talking about the importance of of telling the truth and not lying the importance of honesty, the importance of telling the actual fact of what happened, free of connotation, free of manipulation, is necessary. It's necessary in restoring your brother, it's necessary in restoring yourself and truly walking in forgiveness. Having a witness present allows us to see with clear eyes both perspectives of the issue and allow both parties the willingness to receive the correction necessary with pure hearts. There's a saying that goes, there's three sides to every story, to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. When we are willing to let Jesus be the truth, that is the, the foundation of our relationships, he'll always stand in the midst of the issue and evaluate if we let him in. Sometimes that evaluation may be coming from others looking in. Those same people that we would have called as witnesses might be the evaluation that Christ is using in the moment. So let's just be honest. Let's be real. Let's be honest and allow ourselves to have that clear perspective, that new perspective of somebody looking in, that better judgment. And with that said, of course, this was a very short episode. It wasn't it wasn't too long. We were just getting to the point, you know? We are just getting to the point of an easy way, the easy way to forgiveness, those two steps. I'm going to give you the second step in the next episode. But the benefit of humility, the benefit of better communication, and love that covers like Christ is most definitely necessary. So as long as we exercise those things, as long as we take it into consideration, we can truly say that we have had clear eyes, pure hearts, and better judgment.